Being in a bad marriage or relationship can make your life miserable. But staying in a bad marriage or relationship is not only miserable, but it should be unacceptable. Getting out and moving on may seem impossible, but it doesn't have to be. Welcome to Start Over, Find Happiness with Lindsay Ellison. Each episode, Lindsay offers guidance and inspiration on how to navigate your uncertain relationships. Whether you're newly divorced or single, or just thinking about whether the marriage or relationship is right for you, Lindsay uncovers all the pain points, including the stuff no one dares to talk about. Learn about dating after divorce, good sex, bad sex, the importance of self-love, setting boundaries, how to find love again, and Lindsay's own journey of divorce and rediscovery that has inspired millions of women around the world. This is Start Over, Find Happiness with Lindsay Ellison on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Well, welcome everyone to another show of Start Over, Find Happiness. Hope you all are having a great summer so far. I am really excited to talk with my guest today, who I actually met about four months ago, three months ago, back in April. Mm Um, at a conference, and I remember she came up to me, and she has this book. We were talking about this book that she had just recently written, and the book is called Prescriptions Without Pills, and of course, that headline just grabbed me right away because I just love talking about any kind of wellness that doesn't involve a prescription, and so we got to talking, and we talked about my audience and her audience, and there was a lot of commonality in the work that we do, and she is a fabulous author. And so I'm going to welcome her. Her name is Dr. Susan Heitler, and she's a clinical psychologist and a graduate at Harvard and NYU, so she's a very smart cookie. And she has <laughs> written her, um, she's written a book called From Conflict to Resolution, as well as her newest book that we're going to be talking about today, which is Prescriptions Without Pills. So Dr. Heitler, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. A pleasure to get to speak with you again. I know. I'm really glad that we had a chance to schedule. I know everyone's schedules is always so crazy. But I'd like to just talk with you about your latest book, which is now in stores, bookstores and Amazon.com, called Prescriptions Without Pills. Why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit about the book and give us an overview? Okay, all of us experience the common colds of mental health, like depression, anxiety, anger, and addictions, which the book also deals with. The question is, why do these crummy feelings come up, and what can we do about them? Well, why do they? So I I have a metaphor, and it's actually interesting that the field of psychotherapy sometimes feels to me remarkably naive about what all these emotions have in common. What they have in common is they're all responses to some kind of dilemma. I I can give you a visual for understanding this. Uh, If you put your hand out in front of you, Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe... Your other hand, put it at that elbow, and then walk your fingers down your arm to hit your wrist where there's a bump. Okay, that represents walking through life and dealing with things just fine, and when you hit that bump, 
oh, now it's a very complicated fork in the road. There's five options of where to go from your wrist. Once you've hit a bump in life, a conflict, a dilemma, an unpleasant situation, something you want that you're not getting, something you don't want that you are getting, well, let's call that a bump. Okay, now you have five possible paths. There's the thumb root and there's four fingers. You with me there, Lindsay? Does that make sense? I'm, I am. I'm actually sitting here doing that to follow you. Yes, I get oh, it. Okay. <laughs> Which of those pathways shall we take? Shall we take one of the finger roots or shall we go up the thumb root? Pick a path, Lindsay. Um, I'm going to do the thumb root. Oh, good choice. The thumb root represents addressing the problem, gathering information, coming up with a plan of action, implementing that plan of action, and as you go up the thumb route, you circle back around to your elbow because you're staying in the realm of well-being. That's what people do who have emotionally healthy rather than emotionally filled with mental health colds lives. They keep taking the thumb route. Whatever problem comes up, they look at it, they deal with it, they resolve it in a collaborative way, and then they're enjoying their lives again. That leaves the four finger roots. And so the thumb root is, I, I want to make sure I'm following you. The thumb root, you're saying, is an option of how you can deal with the bump in the road. Yet there's four right. other options I could go to. Right. The four other options, the four fingers, if you point those fingers down, that's what it feels like when you take one of the other four options because they have a lot of negative outcomes. Shall we go through them one by one? Yeah, let's get, I'd like to hear them. Okay. The thumb root was find solutions. Where the other four roots also start with F. They're fight, fold, freeze, and flee. You know, people talk about fight-or-flight reactions. There's actually four options. So that's why I like using the hand metaphor. Mm. So I chose the good one. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent choice. Yours goes up towards happiness. The finger roots all go down towards negative energy. So fight, fight, fold, freeze, and flee. Right. Fight is the anger road. So why do people get mad? They get mad to get what they want, to protect themselves or to bully the other person into doing what they want. Yes, which is very, you know, common with with the audience that I have, right, during the divorce. Exactly. A significant number of people decide to leave a marriage because there's been too much anger and fighting. Okay. There are other reasons as well. That's still a huge proportion. Or because they feel angry and they want to fight, but they haven't necessarily fought. And often if you feel angry, but you don't want to take the fight road, you may shift down to the next finger, fold. Mm, Which is giving up or surrendering? Exactly. Oh, Mm. well, I'll give up to keep the peace. Where do you think that road heads? Resentment, freezing. (laughs) (laughs) Let's try again. That road, when you give up on something that you want, that leads to depression. That's the Uh, core 
um, source of depression. Mm-hmm. So if you've been in a marriage or a marriage negotiation where you give up rather than take the fight road, you're at high risk for feeling depressed. Yeah. So depression has an element of low power because if people feel less power, it makes more sense to fold than to get into a fight and get injured. Okay. It's All a right, submissive good. route. Right. right. In fact, even animals will do that. Mm-hmm. If two animals meet each other in a um, in the snowy woods or whatever, they take a look at each other and quickly assess relative size. The smaller mm-hmm. one usually will slink off unless the smaller one just is more aggressive and then the larger one will um, slink off or get wounded. Okay, so I am, I'm having all these questions popping up in my head, but before I do that, I wanted you to, to finish the other, the two, the two. Uh, okay, so we've done uh, fight and fold. The next option right. is freeze. Picture a deer in headlights. Yeah. So why does the deer freeze? He doesn't want to fight. He doesn't feel safe running away or doesn't quite get the situation enough, so he's just stuck, immobilized. That's essentially the stance of anxiety. Anxiety is a state of immobilization vis-a-vis solving the dilemma. Mm -hmm. For that reason, the best antidote to anxiety actually is just gathering information, defining, wait, what's the problem I'm anxious about? And beginning Mm -hmm. to problem solve around it by seeking out information. Okay. We got freeze road, that goes to anxiety, to perpetuating anxiety. Fourth option, flee, stop off at the bar on the way home. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Or a common female version of stopping off at the bar is just have another box of cookies. So, So, leading to addiction. Exactly. Whether the addiction is Facebook addiction or cookie addiction, I prefer ice cream myself Mm. um, or alcohol or drugs. Those are all ways to escape the other three negative roads. If you don't want to feel angry or depressed or anxious, you can forget about the whole bump and every aspect of it by doing your addictive habit. Okay. Very cool um, way of mapping that out. So <clears throat> I have a question, though. You're yes. in the fight and you're in the anger mode, which I think a lot of people do. And mm-hmm. we actually have a couple minutes before break, so I probably have to get this question out quickly. And then we'll come back to it as we get back. But um, when we have – when you're angry and you fold, that, and, and I get that. It's the lower power, you're submissive. But you're doing mm-hmm. that because you're not winning, you're not you're not resolving right. anything. So how do you how do you avoid the folding? Uh, that is exactly the right question. If you don't want to fight, you don't want to fold. You don't, certainly don't want to stay anxious. What you need to do is back up and re-identify. Wait, what do I want? <clears throat> What's the bump here? Mm-hmm. Then proceed in a healthy, collaborative, problem-solving way, or some kind of healthy way 
to move forward. Now, sometimes the collaborative problem solving is within your own thinking. Instead yeah, of that's a really good yourself, point. Really good point to mention. Yes. Right. So, for instance, I was working with someone recently where he was folding to the voice within him said, "Oh, you shouldn't insist on more money. That would be greedy." Mm. And there was another little voice within him that said, I, I'm going to be in trouble if I um, don't really ask for what I need. So mm-hmm. that was an internal conflict more than the external conflict. Conflict can be internal with other people or with a situation like an illness. Okay. Well, I have some questions on that. It's a really good point. You're raising some awesome points here. So let's go to our first break, and then uh, we'll come back to follow up with those questions. I'm here with Dr. Susan Heitler, author of Prescription Without Pills. Stay with us. You're listening to Start Over, Find Happiness with Lindsay Ellison. Lindsay is a relationship coach and the founder of Start Over, Find Happiness, a coaching practice that helps women navigate through their uncertain relationships. You can also sign up for her coaching program, Thrive, which helps anyone navigate through the disparity of breaking up and starting a new journey. For more information, go to lindsayellison.com. Start Over, Find Happiness will be right back on the Lessons in Joyful Living radio network. Through decades of study, research, training, and personal experience, Kimberly Rinaldi has found that the answers always exist within. Explore the realm of consciousness, the unconscious mind, creative consciousness, and higher consciousness. Apply the tools you'll take away from these conversations and watch your life begin to unfold in ways that will make you believe in magic if you didn't already. Mind Science and Metaphysics, Mondays, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Lessons in Joyful Living radio network. Welcome back to Start Over, Find Happiness. Whether you're newly divorced or single, or just thinking about whether the marriage or relationship is right for you, Lindsay Ellison has expert advice to share that will help you on your journey toward happiness. She's published numerous articles in Huffington Post, DivorcedMoms.com, Your Tango, and Yahoo, and has been a guest speaker at live events and many TV and radio shows. Let's return to Start Over, Find Happiness on the Lessons in Joyful Living radio network. Welcome back to the show. I'm talking with Dr. Susan Heitler, and we were talking about the five options that we have in order to problem solve or uh, or a way of actually having a conflict resolution. And we were talking about the first five, or the only five, actually. Um, it was fight, fold, freeze, or flee, or... Actually, that's four. Those are the four other options. What's the fifth? What do you call that? Find solutions. Find. Find solutions. Got it. Find right. solutions. Problem solve. So Look I love how you... Go ahead. What were you saying? Um, problem solving begins with gathering more information. Gathering more information. Perfect. And I loved how you said right before the break about... The conflict is not always with somebody else. It's within, it's within you. It's within your head, correct? Conflict can be in any of three realms. It can be within your own thinking, often between what I want and what I should do. 
or what I want and what I'm afraid of is another kind of conflict. That's inner conflict. Mm-hmm. Then there can be conflicts which we've all experienced between us and someone else. I want to do X or I think I'm entitled to X. And they say, uh-uh, or the other way around. Right. Then the third realm is between us and a situation. Mm. Uh, maybe uh, I want to go out and work in my garden, and it's so hot out that I'll last about five minutes. Yeah, I get that. And that's something, <laughs> I think that's something I, I, I generally often have with myself, is us, myself in a situation. Um, let's first talk about that conflict with a person. I think mm-hmm. th- that is, in my mind, I think it's probably the most complicated because you're dealing with something you can't control. When you have a right. conflict within yourself or situation, I think it's easier um, and you disagree with me if you if you do, mm-hmm. um, but it seems that it's a little easier to kind of problem solve because you're dealing with something within yourself. Yes, so, well, that's a sign of you being basically emotionally healthy. And okay. emotionally healthy <laughs> in this regard means you hear your shoulds and you can be flexible about them. Yes, in general, it's a good idea to be considerate of other people. And maybe in this instance, I'm doing... I'm overboard. Or the the big mistake that people often make in the divorce process is, um, I just want this to be over with. Oh, my God. I hear that all the time. Yes. yes. How do you comment on that? What would you say to that? The important thing is to le- link with and, not but. Mm. I just want this to be over with. And... I have a lifetime ahead of me where I'm going to have to live with the consequences. So it may be a good idea for me to stand my ground or find some creative solution where instead of giving up and folding, which is often what people do when they just want this to be over with, I'll find a solution where I'm taking care of myself as well as just extricating myself. Yes. And, you know, a lot of the work that I do is really centered around that concept that you just spoke about. And I mm-hmm. have a lot of people that come to me where they're in the middle of divorce. They've been doing it for six months, a year, sometimes two years, and they just don't know what else to do. So they might call me and, and, and I'm, I'm catching them in the middle. And, and I, I'm thinking of one particular client who really was just about to fold. Really, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, and the circumstances, if she did that, would have really screwed her in the long run. And it, your, your ability to think that far ahead is very difficult to, to do when you're exhausted, you feel defeated, broken down, and yes, the word depressed. So mm-hmm. how, would you, what, how would you offer a problem-solving technique when someone's in that place, like I am exhausted and defeated and I just can't argue with this person anymore with someone who has absolutely no logic and who's a bully. Right. One way is to say, hmm, I'm going to listen to myself that I'm feeling exhausted and broken down. So I'm going to ask for a delay and give myself six weeks So just catch my breath again, get some sunshine, get some rest, put this whole thing aside for a bit, and then move forward. 
that would be one kind of solution that involves really listening to yourself. Yeah, I like that. Another option <clears throat> might be to say, look, this person is such a bully. I need a third party who's going to add to my army. Yeah. I need a really strong one. Often when a, per- a woman going through a divorce is feeling broken down, like you've said, it's in part because their lawyer is not strong enough. Yes. That is, the lawyer <clears throat> has to be the alpha. Mm-hmm. If a bully is intimidated by the other person's lawyer, the odds go up that there'll be a more fair settlement. That's so interesting that you say that because it's an, um, that particular situation I was just telling you about was what that was happening, that lawyers get bullied by other lawyers. And if your lawyer is getting bullied by right. the opposing lawyer, then you've really, you're, you're already, you know, you, you don't have someone running the show here. Right. And so you you're, raising, you're, you're raising a very important issue that I've seen a number of times with divorcing people, which is each spouse picks a lawyer that's, that they like, therefore yes. that's like themselves. So somebody who's very sweet is potentially going to br- hire a very sweet, good listening type lawyer. If their spouse is a bully and hires a bully lawyer, then the lawyers replicate what went on in the marriage during the that divorce That is so process. spot on. You said that so well. I'm like, yay, you said it so well. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. And, and I think that is, you know, that's definitely, um, you know, that's something that I help people do is train, you know, if, if you get me before you're in that place, I help you prepare for that and ask the right questions and find a, a lawyer that's going right. to be, um, a good team member for you and right. not someone who is a mirroring you. <laughs> exactly. Now, that doesn't mean that if you've had a bully for a husband, you have to go through a process of war, fight, fight interaction. Sometimes mm-hmm. uh, even a bully spouse can be convinced that, look, we can have a mediated process with a strong mediator who makes sure both voices are heard. Or we can spend a good part of the assets we have on lawyers fighting with each other. Right. Yeah. Now, the more money that's involved, the more money people have, the more they become at risk for just hire a bully. So true. Yeah. Because the, the argument that, you know, we'll save money by having a collaborative process is not so appealing to Donald Trump. Yeah. Exactly. A narcissist who likes to be on show during the divorce. Absolutely. So let's talk about what happens when, so we've talked about fighting and folding and then freezing. And I think the freeze part is something I see after the divorce, you know, or after the breakup, it's kind of the drama part is over. Now you're just, you're frozen and you just don't know what to do. Uh, exactly. a, lot of, a lot of the people, and, and that's really where I see depression and anxiety. 
where they they now have time to reflect on everything that's happened. They're reflecting on all the years that they've spent together. Being by themselves is so overwhelming. So they just freeze and do nothing. And I loved how you said it. You, you know, you just sit in front of the TV and and do nothing. And then obviously that goes into the fleeing part where you exactly. are feel powerless. So you're just going to be addicted to something. Right. Um, as you were <clears throat> reviewing those four Fs, it occurred to me that in the divorce process, you also often, unfortunately, see a second kind of freeze which is passive-aggressive behavior. I'll get at you by doing nothing. I won't submit my financials. So that um, freezing means that if the bully freezes, just stays passive, does nothing, the spouse has to end up fighting, issuing orders or court actions to force them to take action. And in that case, freezing is using is being used as a bullying technique. Right, as a manipulation tool. Right. Passive aggressive is the word. I'll get at you by doing nothing. Yeah. Having said that, That's... let's shall we go back <laughs> go to your question that you just asked me about post divorce. Yes. And the temptation to just get too anxious about going out and entering the world as an individual who doesn't have a partner, and therefore just freezing, not going places. Is that what you were saying? Yes, exactly. And we have about one minute left to make sure, um, and if if you have to continue, we'll come back after the break. But go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yes. So if you find yourself freezing, that is just being anxious, the single best antidote to anxiety is information. Information. So that might mean even looking in the newspaper, what kinds of activities are going on in the city that maybe I could do even though I won't have a partner by my side? Yes. Or it could be, I'm going to gather information in the sense of making a list of all the friends I know or used to have that maybe I could reestablish contact with. Mm, Exactly. Well, I love that, and I want to. Um, we're going to go on to uh, our, our next break, and I want to talk about that and pick up on that. Is ideas that people we can give people ideas on this kind of information because it's something that I see uh, in a lot of people that they just feel stuck. So right. when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this. Stay with us. I'm talking with Dr. Susan Heitler, and uh, we'll come back after this break. You're listening to Start Over, Find Happiness with Lindsay Ellison. Lindsay is a relationship coach and the founder of Start Over, Find Happiness, a coaching practice that helps women navigate through their uncertain relationships. You can also sign up for her coaching program, Thrive, which helps anyone navigate through the disparity of breaking up and starting a new journey. For more information, go to lindsayellison.com. Start Over, Find Happiness will be right back on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. From quantum physics to metaphysics, cryptozoology to conspiracy theory, energy healing to angels, on Into the Light Paranormal Radio, we're here to tell you that just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean it's not real. 
Each episode, Kitty Janice, Kimberly Rinaldi, and their guests have one goal, and that's to bring another conversation and another bit of consciousness into the light. Into the Light Paranormal Radio, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Welcome back to Start Over, Find Happiness. Whether you're newly divorced or single, or just thinking about whether the marriage or relationship is right for you, Lindsay Ellison has expert advice to share that will help you on your journey toward happiness. She's published numerous articles in Huffington Post, DivorcedMoms.com, Your Tango, and Yahoo, and has been a guest speaker at live events and many TV and radio shows. Let's return to Start Over, Find Happiness on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Welcome back to Start Over, Find Happiness. I'm talking with Dr. Susan Heitler, author of Prescriptions Without Pills. We were talking right before the last break about what happens when you freeze. And the antidote to freezing is gathering information. Now, one of the things I have noticed is during this freezing process, I have found that many people use their past. So let's say their former relationship, their former marriage, the struggle, uh, the the divorce, if it was if it was severely long and, and traumatic, they use that as an opportunity to hide behind it. And yeah. whenever I am in this process with a client, let's say, on gathering information, because I, I am obviously a, a huge proponent of taking action and, and moving forward, and how are we going to get out of that? Uh, a lot of the things uh, I will, you know, one, one thing I'll ask is, what do you want? What do you want to do? What are your hobbies? And so many women, women especially who've been, let's say, married and their kids are in school, maybe teenagers, they will say, I don't know. It's almost as though they relate their identity to the past and they can't figure out who they are moving forward. Is that something you see? Uh, yes. It, one of the signs of a, of a dysfunctional marriage is a loss of identity for one partner. Mm-hmm. This happens particularly if the spouse was narcissistic. It's all about me. The yes. partner began just dancing around <clears throat> the all-about-me spouse. They forget that they used to love to dance. They forget that they, to, to actually dance as opposed to dancing around the partner. They forget that, oh, they used to have an interest in dogs or whatever. So there is a process of regaining who I was. Hopefully they also open up to who I could be. What could I be interested in? Mm. That's why exploring in the newspapers or often your community newspaper about what's going on, uh, even Googling things to do in whatever your city is, St. Louis, Denver, whatever, um, just to open up your horizons. Because Yeah, that's... <clears throat> go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, well that's, that's something that's, yeah, that's something that I have to say that when I was going through that, I mean, you're, you're basically mapping out so far, you know, my journey. And I remember, um, freezing and just feeling kind of depressed and blah and, uh, drinking too much wine probably at night cause I'm alone. 
I started to do just what you said. I started looking online, going uh, meetups.com was a big resource um, where you can meet people. I did hiking. I learned how to rock climb. I started taking singing lessons. I mean, I just did everything. how did you feel as you began each of these new activities? I felt so proud of myself because Mm -hmm. you... You had just said it. My um, ex, when we were married, was very narcissistic. And so me going rock climbing, it would if I had ever mentioned that in the marriage, is no, you can't do that. You're not in shape enough. You can't, you can't do that for whatever reason, fill in the blank. Um, right. I also uh, did some stand-up comedy. I took a stand-up yeah. comedy course. I did improv. And that was something that was really a big deal because my ex used to always say how I think I'm funny, but I'm not. You think you're, you wow. think you're so funny, but you're not. Right. And that so you're really- highlighting another very important piece, which is if you've had a denigrating spouse, which yeah. often goes with narcissism, then <clears throat> you have a whole series of concerns. Am I really not funny? Am I really not in shape. So that leads to another uh, prescription for anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, though, I think for me, though, just to comment on that, I, Mm -hmm. I had a real rebellious attitude towards him. So probably that was a good healthy thing for me because I was like, screw Uh him. I'm going to prove him wrong. Now that was Uh me. But you're right. What happens when that starts to take over? So you're giving, again, an example of a healthy response to concerns. Um, When you're anxious, if you make a list, one, two, three, four, five, of each of your concerns, I'm not in shape, maybe I'm not funny, uh, da-da-da-da-da-da, whatever your concerns are, I spoke with someone yesterday. His concern was, I'm stupid, because his mother used to say, don't do that. People will think you're stupid. So whatever the concerns are that are lurking just beneath the surface, just behind the curtain of what you're aware of, just quiet yourself and list those concerns. Then you can circle around that list and make a plan of action for each of them. So when you thought, hmm... I'm not in shape. You said, screw him. My plan of action is I'm going to start climbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the climbing part, I remember taking a course. I didn't know what, I didn't know what to do. I took a course, and I was in a class, and I ended up meeting a few other divorced people, and we all ended up kind of hanging out after the class, and then... We started climbing together and I, I, you know, I would say I became good friends with them, but I had someone to call if I had nothing to do that day. And I remember so many times I would do these things and I would drive home listening to music and feeling so empowered and proud of myself. And I can't believe I just did that and, and see how it wasn't that difficult. So what your, that story highlights is a number of <clears throat> triggers for happy emotions, for happy chemicals, as my friend Loretta Bruning, who wrote a book about happy chemicals. Uh, whenever you do something new, it stimulates 
dopamine. Whenever you're with other people, it stimulates dopamine and oxytocin. These are upper chemicals. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're out in the sunshine or in nature, that stimulates happy chemicals. So all those, oh, socializing, did I say that? Being with yeah. other people, yes. Meeting new people, oh, double dose. Mm-hmm. I'm connecting with other people, and it has the element of newness. So almost any activity, doing something and getting out and doing something with other people will stimulate happy chemicals and overcome that initial feeling of loneliness and feeling lost. So I have a question for you. Now, okay. I, I have, I think, a personality that's a little ballsy and risky, and I'm willing to put myself out there. What do you, and this is something I hear a lot of, doing what I just told you that I did is very, very hard, especially if you're introverted or shy or uh, your self-esteem is so low. So to go and sit at, um, let's say, a lecture or go to a class or a pottery class by yourself is very challenging for a lot of people. It's not challenging for me because I like going out, right? I'm outgoing. Right. But what do you say to someone? How, how do you get past that if you can't even get out there and do something by yourself? Very important question. Yes, first of all, when you're more extroverted, it's easier to access those extroverted type activities, going out, meeting new people, doing new activities. When you're more introverted, you may tend to be shy, and it becomes important that you think of what are the activities a shy person and other shy people like me still could do. So, for instance, joining a book group or going to talks at the local library may be one way, or something with animals, um, beginning to go horseback riding. Uh, I can't say for them, but most people have some activity they enjoy, and doing an activity makes the social part of it less prominent and the action part comes up. You know, right. helping out at the Dumb Friends League, or finding some kind of volunteer work where you have a role also can make it easier. Yeah. There is another point there, though. Some people think that anxiety is a red light. It's not. It's a blinking yellow light. Hmm. What do you mean? Okay. Anger should be a red light. When you see red, it should say to you, stop. Zip up your mouth, stop, walk out of the room if you need to. Blowing anger at people is not a effective way to resolve problems. It's bullying. Right. Okay. By contrast, a yellow light says proceed with caution. It does say proceed. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. So when you have proceed with caution, that means for everyone, I want to make sure I understand and we have this clear, it means to proceed, but does it mean to ignore the anxious feeling, you know, when you... Um, So rather than ignore the anxious feelings, you can do two things. You can say, what exactly am I anxious about? 
So if I'm anxious about going to some place where I don't know anybody, maybe I'll ask a friend to go with me. If I'm anxious um, because it's an activity I've never done before, maybe I'll do like you did, Lindsay, and start by taking a class about that activity. Right. Whether it's dancing or rock climbing or whatever, that's often a good way. Um, so first of all, listen and really delineate the thought, this very specific thought, I'm anxious that, and write it down, or there may be a series of thoughts. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's, see, that's a great prescription. So everyone can write that yes. down. I'm anxious exactly. that, or I'm anxious because. Exactly. You make a list first of mm-hmm. all the specific thoughts associated with doing whatever that activity was. Then, second, you map a plan of action. What's going to help alleviate that anxiety? Third, you remind yourself, wait, I can be anxious and still go ahead and do what I need to do. Right. That's a mantra. I can be anxious and still go ahead and do what I need to do. Well, we're gonna, I'm, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut okay. you off right there. We're going to go to the next break. Finish that thought when we come back. Stay with us. Good. You're listening to Start Over, Find Happiness with Lindsay Ellison. Lindsay is a relationship coach and the founder of Start Over, Find Happiness, a coaching practice that helps women navigate through their uncertain relationships. You can also sign up for her coaching program, Thrive, which helps anyone navigate through the disparity of breaking up and starting a new journey. For more information, go to lindsayellison.com. Start Over, Find Happiness will be right back on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Take conscious control of your life now with Tamara Doris and Spirit Salad, the show that brings science to spirit and back again. Tune in with Tamara as she interviews top thought leaders and expert authors in the fields of science, psychology, spirituality, and personal performance to inform, educate, and inspire you to take conscious control of your life. Listen to Spirit Salad every Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on the Lessons in Joyful Living radio network. Welcome back to Start Over, Find Happiness. Whether you're newly divorced or single, or just thinking about whether the marriage or relationship is right for you, Lindsay Ellison has expert advice to share that will help you on your journey toward happiness. She's published numerous articles in Huffington Post, DivorcedMoms.com, Your Tango, and Yahoo, and has been a guest speaker at live events and many TV and radio shows. Let's return to Start Over, Find Happiness on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Welcome back to Start Over, Find Happiness. I'm talking with Dr. Susan Heitler, who is the author of Prescriptions Without Pills for Relief from Depression, Anger, Anxiety, and More. And you can also go to her website, which is prescriptionswithoutpills.com. And there are videos and other resources in that website that could give you a lot more information as well as connect you with Dr. Heitler. I wanted to make sure, Dr. Heitler, I ask you this question because Mm -hmm. we were talking about um, anxiety and what to do when we are kind of trying to start something new. And you gave a really great example of writing exactly, writing down exactly what makes you anxious. 
Right. Now, one of the things that I have uncovered quite a bit in the work that I do is we often use anxiety, we often use anxiety as an excuse. And so it stops us from doing anything because we've now labeled ourselves as anxious. That's or a, a perfect example of seeing anxious feelings as a red light or a stop sign instead of a blinking yellow light. Exactly right. Okay. And one of the things I then see is they use their situation, their negative circumstance, let's just say that, their negative circumstance as a way to prevent them. It's, it's actually, it links the anxiety. It, it links, it's a connected to their anxiety or their sadness or depression. And Can so you they give me often, an example? Yes. So... Uh, let's say I am, well, I'll give you an example of someone who, um, I recently spoke with who is the divorce is finalized. She has been dealing with this for so long, dealing with this ex for so many years. And it's just been all she knows. It's actually familiar to her. So it's almost as though there's an anxiety of now what, now what do I do? And exactly. You can get so, I think that the thing that I'm, I hear and see all the time, especially with this person, is I am so bitter and resentful. And now you harp on everything your ex is doing and how he's moving on. And he has a girlfriend and he's doing all these fun things and I'm not and I'm mad and I want to get him back. That's something right, that so I see a lot. It stops them. Exactly. So if we go back to the metaphor of the hand, the bump that that person is now confronting is, hmm, the divorce is over, what's next? The trap is the ang- taking the anger road. Resentment is a form of the anger road. Oh, what's next is I'll hold on to that familiar feeling of resentment and maybe even keep bringing additional legal action or l- looking at ruminating on all the things he did wrong. So. Why do people do resentment? That's one question. You want me to give an answer? Yeah, yeah. I thought you were, that was a, <laughs> oh, okay. a, a question so, you were already answering. Um, Go ahead. When people are in a relationship, they often do resentment because they think that will protect them. Remembering all the things he did wrong will mm. somehow help them see it sooner and prevent getting hurt again. That is not, in fact, a true analysis. It's better to fix the problem than to hold on to resentment. Holding on to resentment creates more and more problems. Uh, At the same time, after the divorce, holding on to resentment does exactly what you identified. It's a way of keeping that person in your life instead of feeling alone and then being able to move forward. So while it keeps you in a funny way from feeling lonely, it also yeah. blocks you from moving forward. So that's a form of anger that's particularly pernicious. Very interesting. And to add to that, the form of anger and this resentment after the person's moving on, you're supposed to be moving on. What I hear so much is this, especially if they've been betrayed or there's been cheating involved. 
they say to me, but Lindsay, if I let this go, it feels as though he's getting away with it. All right. So very important to realize that your job is not to control the other person. What happens to the other person is irrelevant. Your job is to be captain of your ship and to guide your ship to happy places. That's exactly the analogy that I use all the time. It's funny that you say that. I always say Uh you're the captain of your own ship and you're running the helm and he's no longer involved. He's not even on your ship anymore. He's on a totally different cruise line. So (laughs) (laughs) exactly. And Uh, thinking about him, though, keeps him thinking about him in a resentful way, keeps him always on your ship and you can't get away from him. You're not free. The flip strategy is gratitude. That's gratitude. focusing on yourself and your life and what you have. What? Oh, I'm so glad I'm free of his contemptuous way of talking to me. I'm right. so f- glad I'm free to build a new life. I get two lives out of this one life. Yeah. I'm so yeah, glad I that. that I have my children. I can enjoy them. I'm so glad that I have work that I enjoy and I have much more free time now to spend more time at my work or develop new hobbies, activities. Yeah. I always say to people, you know, you know, for for, for years as your as your marriage is declining or the relationship is declining and then you're dealing with a divorce, or you're dealing with that separation, that can last for years. I think for me, it took like six or seven years between, I mean, a long time. And, Mm -hmm. and I think you get so focused on the demolishment and you don't know how to focus on rebuilding and you're focused on the tearing down and the warped metal and blah, 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 and the demolishment rather than now getting out your architect side in you and writing a blueprint for how you want this new, exactly thing to build for yourself. Exactly. It can be very helpful for people to hear that divorce does not mean disaster. Divorce does not mean only disappointment. Divorce can mean liberation. Yeah. So it's, it's so hard though. Um, and you, you've been married for what, 40, did I read 44 years? I think it's 45. Forty-five. Well, that that reminds me. I think I have an anniversary coming up. (laughs) Hmm. And you have like fourteen grandchildren or something. Yes, that's right. That's phenomenal. Well, congrats on that success because that's amazing. I I think for um, that, what you just said sounds so easy to do, and I can say it now, and how easy it is to think about what it is that you want to create. But there is such a, uh, I think that anger, that resentment phase can last way longer than it needs to. But would you say, though, that there has, that has a purpose at some point? Does the anger and purpose? resentment? Anger yeah. is very useful for identifying where there's a problem. Just like okay. smoke identifies where there's a fire. To hold on to the anger or to beat people up with it. Here, think of it this way. Anger is like a stop sign. Mm. What do you do at a stop sign? You stop. You look around. You see, hey, 
How come they put a stop sign here? What's the potential danger here? You do not pick up the stop sign and clobber people with it. (laughs) Great analogy. (laughs) And then what resentment is, is mentally clobbering and clobbering. He shouldn't have. Why did he? He's not going to get away with it. All that preoccupation with the other, because anger focuses you on the other. Right. Um, that prevents you from moving forward. The good news is you have a choice. You have a choice. You, right. You can pick which, going back to the hand map that we talked mm-hmm. about at the beginning, you can choose, you know, I've been on Anger Road long enough. I think I would like to go to the thumb root of solving my dilemmas. And my dilemma now is how to build a very happy and meaningful life. Yeah. I think one of the things, I love how you say you have a choice because that's something I say all the time. And I remember when I was going through this, I would get really pissed off. Oh, happiness is a choice. Choose you. I mean, I hated hearing that. And I think it's because I was so angry and I wasn't listening. But once So maybe, maybe the choice is not that you choose happiness. You just choose a different road. A yeah. road of solving the problem of loneliness or solving the problem of, hmm, who am I now? Or solving the problem of what do I want to hitch my energies to? I think for me, it was I choose not to be bitter anymore. I choose to find a different solution. That's the best as I could do. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I remember... And that choice, uh, that, that choice is I'm getting off the anger road and going back to identify the problem that I need to solve to get back into the realm of well-being. Yeah. And realizing that I have, I I felt as though once I figured out anger was not serving me, I realized, I almost felt like a magician, that I could actually do anything I wanted in my life. It was amazing. It it really was a 180 for me. And that's when life started to get really fun and really awesome. So uh, anger gives a false sense of power. It does pump you up, but Mm -hmm. in an empty kind of way. By contrast, finding solutions, the thumb route back to well-being, is real, genuine empowerment. Anger is attempting to exert power by controlling other people, whereas problem-solving is internally empowering, controlling yourself to get onto a better track, and into the realm of well-being. That is phenomenal. Thank you so much. I I can't believe our show is about to be over, and I wanted to thank you for being on the show, Dr. Susan Heitler, author of Prescriptions Without Pills, as well as website, prescriptionswithoutpills.com. You can find her book on Amazon, as well as many bookstores, Thank you for being here. You are a fascinating woman, and I, and I wish you all the success with your book. Thank you. It's been a delight, Lindsay, to talk with you. I really Likewise. We'll that. have to have you back on. I love talking with you. A for now, pleasure. everyone, thank you so much for joining the show, and we'll see you next week on Start Over, Find Happiness. Take care. Thank you for listening to Start Over, Find Happiness with Lindsay Ellison. Join Lindsay every week for guidance and inspiration on how to navigate your uncertain relationships. Whether you're newly divorced or single, 
or just thinking about whether the marriage or relationship is right for you, Lindsay has expert advice to help you improve your life and find the happiness you deserve. If you are an expert that could offer advice in any field that may benefit our listeners and would like to be a guest, or if you are a woman who is in need of relationship or marriage advice and would like to call in to be featured on the show, please contact Lindsay's team at support at lindsayellison.com. Join us again next week and every week, Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, for another enlightening session with Lindsay Ellison and Start Over, Find Happiness on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. See you then.